Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So today's episode is the second in a series called 16 Ways to Get Rid of Menopause Belly Fat. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. So firstly, if you haven't already seen the first part of this series, this two-part series, just head back and listen to the previous episode. But let's get straight into this one. So the reason we put this together is because we've worked with and spoken to so many women who are in their 40s and in their 50s who have found that they've gained weight around the middle as they've got older, usually as a result of heading towards the menopause. And they're kind of stepping on the scales, doing everything they can to try and get that weight off, but nothing is really working like it used to. And this can be really, really difficult. It can leave so many women feeling trapped, um, you know, not, not fitting into their clothes, not feeling confident in their clothes, not feeling confident in themselves and having this constant worry or almost kind of weight on their shoulders about not being where they want to be with their body, feeling things kind of spiraling out of control and not having the tools or, or, or anything that they need to get that back under control. And that's never a nice place for anyone to end up. And it's, it's definitely true that age and that changing hormones and menopause can make it more difficult to more difficult to lose weight and easier to gain weight, especially in around the middle. But the good news is there are loads and loads of things you can do to get that weight off again, to shrink your waist, to lose inches. And that's exactly what we're going to cover in this two part series. So we covered the first eight points in in the first one. And we're now going to go through points nine to 16 of 16 ways to get rid of menopause belly fat. So let's get into it. And the ones today may seem a bit less like uh, direct. You might think this doesn't sound like the first thing I'd start with. Well, that's why we did the first episode. We go through a lot of the fundamental basics you need to do. And then these are other things that kind of make those basics things you can do consistently and things you can do um, for the long run. Because if you don't do something consistently, the consistently, the results are only ever going to be temporary and you're going to gain that weight back again. So the first thing today that we're going to recommend that you do to, to kind of get rid of that menopause um, belly fat is to regularly practice some sort of simple mindset routine. And one thing we recommend in terms of this with our clients is a couple of written mindset exercises that takes just a couple of minutes a day. And the reason we do this is because the way we think is very closely linked to the actions we take. A lot of people just think, um, they've got to wait till they're in the right headspace before they can take action. If they're not feeling motivated, then they just don't. And then they're going to gain more weight. The reality is we can control a lot of how we feel and how we think. And we have a lot more control over that than, than, than we often realize. And if you can have some tools and tactics available to you, that means you can put your head in the right place every single day. So that regardless of how motivated you woke up feeling or what's going on around you, you can be consistent you're going to be able to get rid of that belly belly fat much more easily doing some of the ta other tactics we're talking about because if you can't do them consistently it's not going to work and there's lots of different forms of this we have a process called the stress shield which helps to kind of change the way our clients think about things it helps them to get all of that stress out of their head so that they can reduce anxiety and process stressful thoughts in a much more um 
in a much more productive way uh, so they can deal with things going on in their lives, whether it's, you know, ill parents, whether it's bad news in, in the news, with what's going on at the moment. All of this stuff, what we help them to do with these mindset exercises is to ultimately feel less stressed, which will then bring down the, the stress hormone cortisol, which will also help with losing weight around the middle. Because as we talked about it in the first episode, the stress hormone cortisol actually encourages weight gain around the middle. It's one of the reasons why people gain weight as they get older, as their life gets more complicated and more stressful, combined with obviously eating too much or not moving enough. All of that combined means that they gain weight around the middle. So if we can bring that stress level down, as well as giving you more mental space and more energy to actually make good choices, so you're not just making choices based on panicky um, situations and just, just out of anxiety and worry, then you're able to make better choices with eating and exercise. And if you make better choices with eating and exercise, you're going to see better results. And a really quick way for you to start this, if you're listening to this and you think, I, you know, I don't know what your stress field tool is, we can't really explain this that quickly on this episode. But one thing you can do is you can either journal. So this is just get a, um, get a notepad and just write out all your feelings, get them out your head. It's just a brain dump like that can even really help if, even without a structured way of doing it. Or you can try our next tip, which I'll let Ben go into, which is meditation. So yeah, meditation is kind of, um, it, it kind of, it brings a lot of the same benefits that you just covered in, Rob just covered in the previous point. And it's amazing if you want to improve your ability to deal with stress. So it has a, a few really, really good benefits, but basically reducing stress levels, as Rob said previously, helps you to avoid stress eating, first of all. You know, if you don't feel that stress at the end of a busy working day, you're not so likely to reach for the bottle of wine or the packet of crisps or whatever it is. The second thing is, again, it also brings down your stress hormone, cortisol, um, which means you won't store so much weight around the middle. Literally just the process of closing your eyes and, and deep breathing or whatever type of meditation you do will just bring your stress levels down. And you'll probably notice that you feel a lot less stressed after meditating and one one way to almost test this for yourself is if you just kind of um at any point when you feel stressed just try this out if you just take like probably five to ten really deep slow breaths maybe like four seconds in and seven seconds out something like that and just notice how you feel before and how you feel afterwards and then imagine if you stretch that out and you did a regular meditation practice for five minutes ten minutes even up to 20 minutes a day how what impact that could have on your life um, but yeah, the other, the other benefit that meditation can have is what Rob was talking about before, kind of working on your, working on your thoughts, working on your mindset, um, you know, being able to be in control of your thinking and be in control of your actions when paired with meditation, what meditation can help you do is almost slow your thoughts down. So if you've got these tools for dealing with your, dealing with different thoughts and choosing which thoughts are going to serve you and which thoughts are not going to serve you. It also really helps if you've done all your meditation in advance so that when you get into that stressful situation where you're thinking one on one on one side, you've got the little devil on your shoulder going, go on, it won't hurt. One, one's not going to make a difference. And the other one, you've got the, the angel on your shoulder saying, no, you don't need this. Stick to your goals. It allows you to kind of slow down and rather than just gravitating towards one of those voices, which let's face it, is usually the negative one. It allows you to slow down and process and think about which thought you actually want to want to go with and uh, the the guy who taught me and Rob how to meditate um, he uses an, an analogy of a bathtub so that your life is almost like a bathtub which is filling up with stress constantly from work from family life from even you know stressing about your weight stressing about your health everything that's going on in the news 
it's constantly filling up. And if you don't let that plug out, eventually the stress builds up and it spills over the top of the bathtub. And that, that stress spilling over the top of the bathtub looks like high cortisol levels, gaining weight around the middle, being really stressed, making bad choices with food. And so the stress will kind of, it will be released, but in an unhealthy way that doesn't get you what you want. So the meditation and mindset exercises, that both of them are like pulling the plug out of the bathtub, allowing stress to drain out on a daily basis. So you can keep your stress at a manageable level, deal with stress in a healthy way, and be able to make the choices that you need to make with your eating, with your exercise to get the results that you want. And if you feel a bit intimidated by the idea of meditating, a great way to start is, is with a number of different apps out there. So there are loads and loads of different meditation apps out there. And I, would, I wouldn't say there's any one type of meditation, which is kind of the best type of meditation. I think the best type of meditation is the one that works for you, the one that you, know, you kind of click with and, and the one that you actually find easy to stick to and find easy to do on a regular basis. So a couple of apps that I've used in the past that have worked really well. Number one is, is Headspace. Um, I think a lot, loads of people know about Headspace. It's really, really popular these days, but you know, you could, you can sign up for a free account there and you'll get, a, a, I don't know, a certain amount of meditations, guided meditations available to you, which will kind of take you through how to get started with meditation. And then the app that I use is one called Insight Timer. Insight Timer has, it can, you know, there's some parts of it, which are literally just as simple as a timer that just goes off with like a gong or something every five minutes to, to alert you to change whatever type of meditation you're doing. But also on there now, they do have loads and loads of guided meditations that, that teachers and coaches and things have, have put in there for you. So if you feel, if you feel intimidated by the process of starting meditation, I would recommend start with an app, get some help, get some guidance through it. And, um, you'll probably find it, it's, it's actually much easier than you, than you would imagine. And if you're interested as well in learning more about meditation in general, you can check out, I'm not sure the episode number, but we did a podcast with Arjuna Ishaya, who is the teacher who taught Ben and I how to meditate. He's a Ashaya monk, which is a fancy word for saying meditation teacher, basically, and mindfulness teacher, but he's really, really good. And check that episode out. He has loads of amazing words of wisdom in there and he'll go into more detail about how to get started as well. And you only need to start with a couple of minutes a day. You don't need to start with anything massive and see how it makes you feel. So those are two, two kind of mindset-based things that we find make a massive difference for our clients because their lives are stressful. And if they can deal with the stress better, then they don't turn to stress eating, stress drinking and sabotaging their results. But another thing a lot of people don't think about when it comes to losing weight is, I've actually just been writing about this in the Fit Over 40 book we're putting together, um, is fun or the other, the other way we kind of phrase this because a lot of people kind of think fun is only sort of frivolous activities, but me time. So getting some me time every single week is not something to underestimate. Like if you're someone who's constantly on the go, like most of our clients are, you know, you're dealing with a busy career and at the same time, you're also taking care of everything around the house can be really, really easy to find yourself in this position where you're not taking any time for yourself, especially if you've raised children and your focus was on raising them and then also providing for them through work. Most people we work with find that somewhere along the way, they kind of lost themselves and they stopped learning to do things for themselves and putting themselves first. And it's understandable. It's very selfless and it's what a lot of mothers will do. But the problem is what this can kind of end up the situation this can kind of end up with you in 
is where you end up just feeling stressed and overwhelmed all of the time and you don't have any outlet for it. You just got that pent up stress, you've got the stress pent up overwhelm and really life's for everyone and everything else and not for you and you're just not enjoying enjoying life as much. And then the only thing that's enjoyable that you can turn to is food or drink. And if that's the state you're in where you don't really have any fun and any me time for just for you, not for anyone else, because a lot of people mix this up and say, I'm, I'm going to have fun and we're going to do it with the family. No, it's not about thinking what they want. It's thinking about what you want and what will help you. And if you don't have any of that, then it's no surprise really that people turn to food and drink because it's a very quick and easy way to feel better. You get that quick dopamine hit when you eat a pack of chocolate. You get that quick hit of alcohol and that sort of numbing feeling when you have a drink. But obviously both of those are not going to help. Um, they're going to help you to store that fat around the middle um, during menopause. So we want to avoid that because if we don't have any, any way of getting over this stress and overwhelm and, and feeling good, then we're going to just make poor choices with food and drink. And we're going to probably skip exercise as well. And having this high level of stress, as we talked about so many times, also will keep that stress hormone cortisol really high all the time, which can lead to more fat being stored around the middle, which you really don't want when already your hormones are against you during menopause. So taking some me time is something we recommend for all of our clients every single week to relax, to de-stress and just do something they enjoy so that food and drink isn't the only fun thing left in their life. Because what is the point in working so hard? Again, like most of our clients do, they have high pressure jobs. What's the point in working that hard if you never ever get to enjoy the fruits of your labor and you never get any enjoyment just for yourself? So it can be as simple as having something like a nice relaxing bath. That's not for everyone, but it could be having a bath and reading a book. It could be um, for you, one of my clients, um, Becky, she regularly takes an evening off a week and she does a yoga class on that evening. She'll go, previous to some of the new rule changes, she'd go out to a cafe just on her own, which might sound mad, but she loved it. Take a book with her. Um, she'd go out to a cafe, have dinner on her own that night uh, and read her book, do a yoga class, have a nice relaxing bath. And then she has that one night without the kids. She's got relatively young kids who have very high energy. Um, and then she does the equivalent for her husband. So I think it's Friday night. He gets to do like a games night with, with his mates. They do some sort of gaming thing together and she looks after the kids. So there's, there's a deal there that means she gets a night for herself. And then what she finds is she's not constantly searching out food and drink for entertainment. She's able to release a lot of stress on that evening. And um, she's seen incredible results as well. She's come right down, I think, to a size six, I think, in some clothes, eight or six. Um, from being like a 10 to 12 at the beginning as well and it's you know it's no surprise she's she's also made sure that she's got what she needs it's kind of a human need right to to look after yourself and she's been doing that really really well so yeah so the next thing you can focus on then is that's really kind of key to everything it's just making sure that you're tracking your food to eat the right amount for you so all fat loss and, uh, you know, including losing, losing fat around that middle area, losing fat from your belly. The, for, for that, the most important thing is called energy balance. So basically, this means consuming the right amount of calories for you. So not too little, but also definitely not too much. So as you get older and your hormones start to change as you're approaching menopause or during menopause, this can have an impact and an effect on your metabolism, which means you can't really get away with eating so many calories without gaining weight. And because of the place that your hormones are in now, and as we talked about that stress hormone, because most a lot of people, they lead very stressful lives. And as they get older, climb the career ladder, their levels of stress go up and up and up. 
that can mean that a lot of that weight starts to get stored around the middle rather than in other places. So to get rid of that menopause belly fat, you basically need to have a closer watch on the foods that you're eating and make sure that you're eating the right amount for you, um, which again is not too much, but also not too little. It's a little bit like budgeting in your life. So I think most people are able to, um, you know, budget with their with the money that's coming in from their wages, take that money, partition it off into the where they're going to spend it, buy all the things they need, you know, food, et cetera, putting a roof over their head. And if you can do that, if you can, you know, balance the balance the money between the money coming in and money coming out in your life, then you have everything you already need to balance the food coming in and the food which is going out. So this number of calories that you'll need to take in each day is completely unique to you. And it's based on your age, your weight, your health, your body weight, your body fat percentage, your hormonal situation, uh, your dieting history and any underlying health conditions as well. So it can be, it can vary quite wildly from person to person. And that's one reason that we, you know, we will take the time to assess every single person we work with on a one-to-one -one basis, figure out exactly what we think they should they should be eating and even so when we figure out somebody's calories and somebody's food intake it's it's a lot of the time you know we do get it close enough but even so that initial guess will just be kind of an estimate It'll be a, a pretty good estimate but an estimate so it's also necessary sometimes to adjust and tweak that calorie that that calorie intake based on somebody's progress as they go through the program so but if you can get that number exactly right if you can get to that sweet spot where you're not eating too much but you're not starving yourself you're not eating too little you're pairing that with the right type of exercise program which is it's designed to kind of boost your metabolism and burn some calories at the same time you can get very very steady and consistent weight loss over a 12-week period without having to kind of starve yourself without having to ban loads of foods without having to cut out treats and snacks or cut out carbs or do anything really really drastic um but it all comes down to kind of finding that individual amount for you. So if you do this in a really specific way, um, you can get results without it being a hardship. Now, a lot of approaches out there have almost what almost kind of a magic number of calories that they will tell everybody, which is kind of the number that you should be eating, whether some of them are based around 800 calories a day, some are based around 1200 calories a day. That's probably the most common one, 1200 calories a day. Everybody believes that 1200 calories is the perfect amount for weight loss. But the reality is 1200 calories might be right for somebody, but you'll probably be a very small person, very short, very light. Um, 1200 calories would be right for them. But most people, you can get away with eating quite a lot more than that, eating a normal amount of food and still see the results you want to see. And the benefit of not going for one of these you know, one size fits all dieting approaches where they'll just put you on really, really low calories, basically just to guarantee that you will see some results. The benefit of not doing this is it's much more sustainable. It's much healthier. It's easier to stick to long term. And it avoids that situation that so many people get into where they'll go on a really low calorie restrictive diet. That's just kind of a one size fits all approach. It's not designed for them in particular. Maybe they lose a bit of weight. Maybe they lose half a stone. Maybe they don't lose half a stone because it's too restrictive. And it's, it, you know, they've cut those calories too low. But whether they see results or not, as soon as they go back to eating normally again, all of the weight piles back on because of what they were doing, it just wasn't a long-term approach. It wasn't sustainable. It wasn't realistic. And 
all that body fat will come on. And if, especially if your hormones are back in the, in the kind of, you're moving towards menopause and your hormones are starting to shift, as you mentioned before, when that weight comes back on, it's probably going to go on all around the middle again. So, I mean, I'm going to sum up then the, the key thing here is basically finding the right amount that works for you. So best way to do that is have somebody either find it. There's loads of calculators and tools and things, but the most accurate way is just to be to work with somebody who knows what they're doing. who can just tell you exactly what's going to work for you. And then simply track all of the food that you're eating to hit that calorie amount each day. And like, it can, it's, it can be very easy these days to do that because there are so many different apps and tools available just like the meditation, if you think it's intimidating, there will be an app that will make it easier for you. There's apps where you literally scan the barcodes on your food. It tells you exactly how many calories and things are in them. It figures out all the complicated maths for you. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what we recommend for nutrition in terms of our clients. And it's very, very effective. So building on that then, basically you need to eat the right amount for you as Ben said there, and that's unique to you. Our next point is to learn how to actually avoid overeating, which might sound like a massive oversimplification. But the key thing is, if you're going to, if you gain weight, even during menopause, the only way is because you're eating too much or drinking too much. Or those overall calories from those two things are too much for the activity you're doing. And it's very, very easy, no matter how much exercise you do, to out overeat and out eat that sort of exercise. Like you can't really out exercise the wrong diet. And when we see this going most wrong for people is over the weekends, not always, but for a lot of people that overeating happens over the weekend. And they may even do one of these extreme diets, like 1200 calorie diet, but they're not seeing any results because they then blow it out every weekend because it's really unsustainable. Now, the reason people overeat is completely, you know, it's completely unique to that person. It varies wildly and it can be for anything from social pressure. It could be lack of sleep, which, which messes up your hunger hormones. It could be from stress, which has similar effects actually. Uh, it could be uh, your cravings are out of control because of the food choice you're eating and many, many more things. There's lots of reasons why people overeat and they're kind of different. So it's kind of important to get some help with this one. If you do find you, you keep overeating and you don't know how to stop it because it, it may, it's, it's a relatively complex problem. It's not just eat less because if, if it was that case, you'd already be, if it was that simple, you'd already be eating less. So with our clients, what we do is we work with each of them individually, one-to-one, -to, -one, to try and identify what the root cause of the overeating is for them. And then we'll work through it together with lots of proven solutions that we've, you know, we've worked with thousands of women now, many of which are menopausal. Um, so we'll work through it together with stuff we've, we know that works so that we can keep their food intake under control and therefore make sure that they can see good results. So an, an example of this could be, um, one of my clients called Lorraine, she has her own business. It's a really stressful business at this time. Um, she's trying to uh, save up for, for her retirement. And so she's putting loads of pressure on herself. And the reason she was gaining weight was actually not overeating, it was over drinking, but she was, she was having to deal with the stress of everything um, in her life and, and trying to deal with it, but just couldn't find a way to deal with the pressure and the stress she had on herself. And so she was turning to drink all the time, most evenings, but especially at the weekend, um, having a bottle of wine or two um, over the weekend at very minimum to deal with that stress. And we figured out the root cause is kind of this stress and the pressure she's putting on herself. And we were able to do two things on this to, to help her um, avoid doing that and start seeing good progress again and get her belly to shrink. And one of those was, first of all, 
alcohol she it was not it was not a thing which she could uh, reduce it was a it was an all or nothing thing so we've removed alcohol because that was the only way she had to deal with stress and then that meant she had to find other ways to deal with stress so she now signed up to a, a yoga class three days a week um, and we're doing some mindset work as well together that she can do every single day to dissipate that stress and to release some of that pressure she's got on herself so that she doesn't actually turn to alcohol and sabotage all of her results so that's just one example of how you can do this. But it, as we said, it's kind of unique to the individual, but it's about for you learning how to avoid that. And most diets, fitness programs don't really go into that. They just go eat this. And if you can't eat this, you must have something wrong with you. They don't really deal with that. So you need something that's going to focus on that. So linking in from like kind of um, Rob said, what you said there, Rob, about the alcohol and kind of it, it for some people, it can be an all or nothing thing. Another thing which, which tends to be like that for, for some people is their sugar intake. So sugar is a, it's another one of those foods that's very, very hard to eat less of. It's hard to kind of cut your sugar intake down because the more sugar that you eat, the more sugar that you'll want to eat. So not only can you kind of get a taste for sugar, but sugar also creates what this kind of blood sugar roller coaster. So when you eat sugar, your body processes that very, very quickly. It's a very fast source of energy. You'll, you know, you'll often hear people say, oh, I just had to get a chocolate bar because I needed a bit of energy or, or a Lucozade or Red Bull or can of Coke or whatever. And that sugar will spike your blood sugar level. So it will give you kind of a sudden burst of energy, that sugar rush. But then it's very short lived and it will fall off very, very quickly. And when that sugar falls off really, really quickly, then your cravings will go through the roof. And in our experience, having coached thousands of women over 40 to get rid of their belly fat, the most effective way to reduce sugar is to cut it out entirely for a short space of time. And whether it's a sugar that's your problem or alcohol or anything else, this tends to work really, really well to eliminate cravings and force you to focus on healthier foods, which fill you up for hours rather than just filling you up for minutes. And inside of our Fit Over 40 program, we do this using a process called the diet makeover, which is essentially a very short-term kind of reset phase where our clients will reset their food choices for two weeks. They'll cut out four food groups, so wheat, alcohol, dairy, sugar, just, just short-term. And what this does, it, it drastically cuts their cravings down, gets them into better habits with food. Then when we say to them, okay, now you can be flexible, you can have all, all the foods that you want, they'll instinctively be making much, much better choices than they were before, but without having to be restrictive. So they'll be able to then have the sugary treats, have a bit of alcohol, et cetera, in moderation without having the cravings and, you know, the binges and the out of control weekend blowouts that would have been associated with that before. So cutting down sugar intake is a really, really effective tool because not only will it, you know, sugary foods are very, very high in calories, same with alcohol. Um, so you'll be instantly, you'll be cutting down your calorie intake if you switch from sugar to healthier choices. But also it's going to cut down on those cravings, which is going to help you to avoid overeating and avoid going over on your calories again. And as I said before, like nutrition wise, the main thing is just taking in the right amount of food. Um, if you take in too much food, you're going to gain weight. If your hormones are in, the, in a place for you to gain weight around the middle, you're going to put weight on around the middle. And if you eat the right amount of food for you, then the weight's going to come off. So it all comes down to controlling how much that you're eating. So one other thing that can help with this then, because we've talked a lot about controlling your eating and, and um, making sure that's right for you with specific nutrition strategies, but there's lots of things outside of just exercise and nutrition that are very important so that you succeed with those things. Just like 
um, well, I'll introduce what, what I recommend next and then, then I'll give you a quick analogy about it. So the next thing I'd recommend is to actually join other people on the same mission as you. So trying to lose weight over 40 is pretty difficult and it's even more difficult when you're doing it alone. So if you're just trying to do it on your own, it's, you know, it's, I don't know, I can't quantify it, but it's hundred or thousand times more difficult. Honestly, it's like, I don't know if any, any of you watching ran the London Marathon, I certainly didn't this year, but I, it was a lot more difficult for a lot of people because they had to run it on their own at home rather than running it at the event. And the reason a lot of people kind of find they get a big boost of motivation to complete these events like a marathon or a half marathon or anything like that is because you're at this event, there's hundreds or thousands of people around you also doing the same thing. They're all on the same mission. They're struggling with you together and you get through to the end because they're all there running with you. They're kind of, they, you might speak to some of them, the crowd are there cheering you on. And it means you, you're just not going to give up in front of them. Unless you have a really serious problem, you're going to make it through one way or another. And it's the same thing with losing weight. It's very, very difficult on your own. It's like trying to run that marathon on your own. You're at home. It's raining. It's miserable. It's dark. You're not even running it with any friends. Imagine how difficult that's going to be. Even if you've trained, just trying to run it on your own. It's just you. If you're a really brilliant runner, that might be fine. But for any normal person, that's going to be really, really, really hard. And most of the time, they wouldn't even bother starting. And I saw around here, the people who were trying to run it were running it in little groups. They had their support people there. They had the family at home cheering them on or they're running it all um, together in stints. And that's how those people got through it. They weren't just trying to do it on their own. And I think this is a huge mistake, I suppose, people make, if I'm being honest. Like it's it's understandable. It's noble. I always used to think, uh, you know, the self-made people and it's all, so you, you know, the surprise we have doing things on your own. Actually, it's just very, very difficult to do anything on your own um we're meant to be tribal people we're meant to work together so being part of a group of like-minded people means that when you're struggling you can share those struggles with people who actually get it and you can work through that together when someone else is struggling you can also help pick them up and you can see that you're not the only one having those struggles you're not the only one finding the bad weather is affecting you today and i, I get clients saying this to me i'm sure you do Ben, as well all the time there we have our one-to-one -one phone call we have our catch-up and they say you know I thought this, I was the only one finding this hard. And I then saw a load of people on your community, on inside the community were, were saying the same thing. And it made it just a lot, lot more bearable to realize I was also finding the change in weather hard or um, it's more difficult to, to get out and get walking because of the weather and things like this. The other reason why being part of a, a group of like-minded people really is important is because it also helps shift what's called your identity. And this is a deeper topic. We could probably do a whole podcast on it. But basically, who you identify as, whether that's I'm a mum, it's I'm a, and then whatever your career is, um, I'm a you know, professional working woman, whatever you identify yourself as, that is kind of the results you're going to get in your life. So if you identify yourself as a, a career woman or as a mum, you're going to be really good at those things. But if you just don't identify with fitness at all and with a group about around fitness at all, you just, or, or health or, you know, being in shape. If you're just like, yeah, I do diets, but I'm not really into fitness and stuff like that. The more you say that, the more that will manifest itself. And that's kind of who you'll become. Whereas if you are part of a fit and healthy, healthy community who are all dedicated to the same cause, you know, so being fit over 40, for example, like our community, and there's a culture that you can feed off, then every, every um, person gets influenced by that. And they're all more likely to succeed. And you're also more likely to internalize that. So you start to see yourself as I'm, you know, I'm a type of person who is fit over 40 because they're the kind of people I'm hanging out with, even if it is an online community. And President Kennedy, um, he, back when he was alive, he actually passed away. Well, he got assassinated, didn't he, on my birthday. I always remember 22nd November. But 
he's a wise man and he said um a rising tide lifts all boats so if you imagine a load of boats out sea when the tide rises all the boats they might have been sat on the sand they all rise up together and then they're all floating together and this is true of being part of a community this is kind of what this phrase is is attributed to a lot of the time community that is succeeding is going to lift you up so you can succeed better too if you're on your own you're trying to do it on your own the minute things start to go wrong it becomes very very difficult you have no one there who gets it no one there supporting you and you think you're the only one struggling so I can't stress enough how important that this is to be part of a community of other like-minded people as well. And then to take that one step further, um, the final tip we've got is to get a coach who understands menopause to keep you accountable. Now we're not saying, you know, come work with us. You can work with us if you want. Um, if you think, if you think um, you'd be someone who would get along well with us, then we'd love to have you on board. But Essentially, it's easy to fail alone. This is kind of the reason the community works as well. So when you have that identity shift and you start to identify as part of a community, part of a, a group of other women, um, it's more difficult to fail if you know that people are people are going to be there to almost see you fail. So when you've had that stressful week at work, combined with a chaotic family life, endless chores, other responsibilities to stay on top of, it's very, very easy to give in to wines, give in to chocolate, give in to crisps, give in to takeaways. And if you just kind of do that in private, it's, it's easy to fail in private. It's easy to fail when nobody's watching you, when nobody's seeing you kind of go down that slippery slope. But if you do have somebody to keep you accountable, and that could be a coach, it could be a friend, it could be a community. If you have somebody who, who, who you know is going to ask you every single week what you've done, um, what you haven't done, and they're there to kind of hold you accountable, help you through everything, solve any problems or struggles that you're having it massively increases your chances of success because even though even if you're only having like a 15 30 minute phone call with a coach a week it's not what happens in that phone call that's important it's what that phone call actually gives you so the whole rest of the week leading up to that phone call uh, imagine it, like imagine i was rob, one of rob's clients i'd be thinking oh i've got to have a call with rob on tuesday i better uh, I don't want to have to tell him. I don't want to have to admit to him that I haven't done any of my workouts and I've eaten four chocolate cakes over the course of the week. So I'll probably, I'll, I'll you know, I'll stay in good habits so that I can report back to him with, with some positive news. So just having that accountability there and having that kind of touch point on a weekly basis makes it so much easier to stay on track. And just like you'd show up to work every single day and you'd work hard on all of the tasks and, and projects that you've got going on, because you've got your boss checking in on you. You're, you're accountable to your boss. You're accountable to somebody else. You need that kind of same level of accountability when attempting to get rid of belly fat on a fitness program just to ensure that you stick to it and you succeed. And there will be people who can succeed without any accountability, without being part of a group of people, without having a coach. But in my experience, these people are very, very rare. These like completely self-driven, self-motivated people. And even if you are that way, um, it tends to be not when everything's going well that you need that coach and that accountability. It tends to be when things are going really badly. And you, you never know what's around the corner in life. I mean, I don't any nobody could have predicted there was going to be a, a pandemic. You can never predict when you know, a family member's going to get ill and you're going to get ill. You're going to injure yourself. Your job situation is going to change. Stressful, difficult things happen all the time. And it's those moments when it's really helpful to have somebody you can turn to, somebody that will pick you up, somebody that will check chase you up and check that you're doing okay and find out why you haven't been checking in and I think that's the the real value of having that coach it's just 
it's almost kind of it's just like an insurance policy it's like investing just to make sure that you have every possible chance of getting the results that you want so it's, it takes away a bit of the the uncertainty and the you know maybe you'll drop a dress size maybe you won't and it can shift that into you will drop a dress size it's just a matter of how long that's going to take and just to give you a couple of examples of how this could work. So we'll go through a couple of clients that we've worked with so you can see what they were able to do in terms of putting these 16 tips we talked about um, into action and also shifting that menopause belly. Um, the first one is Charlotte from Harrogate and uh, she's a busy mum of two. She's in her late forties and she's got a really demanding career. And she just found that um, she was really finding the body, her body shape changing, her the weight was piling around her middle and she didn't really know how to get rid of it. So here's what she said. She said, I joined Trinity in April. I was sick of having a heavy, thick set waist and loved the results of other members. I'm more than happy to work hard, but until April, I didn't have a plan which would give me results. I just ate what I thought was a good diet and worked hard in the gym with zero results. Now I'm the leanest I've been in years. I look great in my clothes and my confidence grown significantly. I found I'm good at weight-based exercises and they've given me a strong shape that I love. Plus my stomach is the flattest I've known it for such a long, long time. And my waist has gone from 33 and a half inches at the start to now being just 29 inches. I've loved everything about Trinity. I've loved the com community feel and the other members are very supportive. Professional support is excellent from the trainers and the content, both nutritional and exercise based is excellent. And most importantly, it works. I think that's a great point. Obviously all that stuff's great, but the most important thing is we're able to get her results and we're able to um, shrink, shrink her belly for her and get her feeling a lot more confident, which is awesome. And then another, another quick uh, testimony as well is from Julie. So she's one of my clients. We're still working together now. She's done amazingly well. And um, she was struggling to lose any weight since turning 50 and hitting menopause. So she said, before I started, I was unhappy, size 12 or 14, probably a 14, and I lacked confidence. I felt frumpy and generally felt that nothing I wore looked nice. I felt like people judged me on my size. I tried Weight Watchers and been successful years ago, but since turning 50 and hitting menopause, nothing I'd done before was working. I tried slimming well for a day, but after being told how told to eat low calorie foods and being given no sensible advice, I decided it wasn't for me. Looking at Trinity, I thought it might be too restrictive and all about taking <laughs> all about taking the money, but not giving any new information. But that was just a small part of me. Everything in the advert resonated with me, so I wanted to believe it could work. Since joining Trinity, I've lost about 22 pounds. I'm more toned to the point people have said that they want my arms. I've lost 14 centimeters from my waist and gone down two dress sizes. I'm stronger physically and emotionally. I've gained confidence to leave situations that don't serve me, to find and join new groups, to change roles at work. And I've spent years refusing to wear shorts and vest tops for running. And now I have no issues doing this. I'm running stronger and faster than I ever have. And she's actually just run, a, I think, run a marathon this last weekend um, as well. So pretty amazing. And she's, I do have some brilliant pictures, actually. I don't know if I, I can share them yet, but she's completely transformed the way um, she looks and looks, you know, years, years younger than 50, which is amazing. So they're just two examples of, um, of clients we've worked with who've defeated the menopause belly. We've got lots and lots more as well um, that you can see on our website. So Ben, where can people go if they want to find out more, see, see the kind of results they can achieve and things like that? So if you want to find out more, find out about how you can put these 16 tips into action, um, head over to www.fit40info.com and you can get all of the details on that page. Brilliant. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you found it useful. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next Friday for the next episode of the Trinity podcast.
So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.